your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day. We're here for you on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Be sure to drop a like, follow, or subscription because doing so is free and ensures you never miss another episode. On tonight's podcast, I wanted to talk about a couple of things. The first thing that I wanted to go through was an exciting series that I think you would actually really enjoy, in part because I'm going to ask you a lot of questions. It will be an interactive, season-long sort of thing, and uh, it'll involve NHL 22 because I actually have a full copy of the game, and I thought it would be super fun to have like a listener feedback sort of thing where I ask you to make decisions for this team that I'm going to take over and I'll sum out the results and kind of report each week how this team is doing, what's kind of unfolding, and whether or not we're actually playoff bound. In this case, it's all of us being a GM because you can't just have one cook in the kitchen. You have to have as many hands as possible, or so they say. They actually don't say that, don't tell anyone, because uh, I think they'll give you a couple of funny looks. But I thought this would be a super fun activity for all of us and give us something to do throughout the season. Maybe we can somehow run a team like the Jets even better than the Jets. Later on, I also wanted to talk about a couple of major free agent transactions. One of them in particular, I I think, says a lot about where the market is and maybe some stuff for the Jets long term, especially when it comes to finding blue liners. Lastly, we'll close out with some thoughts on tomorrow's upcoming game against the San Jose Sharks and then some uh, NHL action, you know, a couple of updates here and there, maybe taking a look at some of the live scores, seeing which teams are currently doing well and which ones have already, well, preferably pooped the bed. First, though, let us talk about our NHL 22 franchise mode. So uh, right now I'm actually working on picking a team. I'm going to do it through a random number generator, but I just wanted to give a couple of folks and maybe a few more chances and opportunities to submit their request for a team. So far, we have a couple of votes. We've got Seattle. We've got Buffalo. Somebody recommended Arizona. You know, usually a lot of troll teams here. I guess the Kraken could be an okay team to sim, but for the most part, everyone wants us to have a challenge. The structure of this series is going to be that each week I'm going to kind of work on simming out a decision from a previous week that uh, gives us a little bit more insight into how your decisions have shaped the team. I'm not going to give you like full control of the team. We're going to ask like a broad question and then put out like a poll. And I'm also going to be putting it out on Twitter. So obviously it's going to be a lot of voices, but each decision point will be a major roster shaping decision. So one of the first ones, if I were to get Buffalo was going to be around Jack Eichel. What's kind of funny, though, is somebody requested um, the Buffalo Sabres, but with the condition that I've already traded Jack Eichel before I start giving you control. So if that one wins, we won't even have to worry about it. But otherwise, we're going to make all sorts of fun deals, and this should be a ton of fun. I could even do, like, multiple sims. Maybe we do more than one franchise and, you know, have a couple of teams of folks competing against one another to give you better, uh, better chances of having a really altering decision And maybe you'll get to say that your team was actually the better run team versus some of your uh, online social media friends. So I think this series is going to be great. 
We're going to be kicking it off next week after I've done the team selection and some early roster analysis. I'll try and figure out what the uh, the first main decision point is going to be. And then after that, we will start the series. And I would expect two to three updates each week, maybe. Uh, maybe a little bit less if there's a lot of Jets hockey. And of course, that's always our, our most important focus. But in between, you know, a couple of rounds of NHL and a, a few sim seasons, what's not to like, right? Obviously, uh, we're just doing this for fun and kind of poking around, but... Maybe we'll actually learn some interesting insights into the management process from a very gamified perspective, and uh, maybe you will find the next great NHL talent hiding in the minors. I'm also going to have a more full review of NHL 22, as EA was generous enough to give us a review code for me to kind of preview and take a look at. Uh, embargoes have actually gone up, so I've, I've actually got the opportunity to give a score review. I'm going to leave that one for um, my SB Nation blog, but on here I'll talk about some higher level thoughts. I've previewed the gameplay so far, and, you know, I'm still a little bit on the fence as to whether or not I think it's uh, a significant step forward for the franchise. I think that there's more of it that's right than wrong, is how I'll phrase it. I would I would say it's like a, a solid game. You know, it's not the, the revolution that NHL kind of needs as a franchise, but it's a nice step forward. Uh, some stuff looks better. The gameplay generally feels better, but... You know, you compare it to some of the other franchises of EA Sports, is, aside from Madden, Madden's pretty terrible, uh, but FIFA itself, like, went a, a huge overhaul under the hood, and certainly very big gameplay mechanics changes, some of which have been controversial, but that franchise is routinely accused of just being copy-paste, so, you know, this is a franchise that's actually changed for the first time in several years, and the NHL franchise is still the one that continues to lag behind all the others. Even Madden, broken as it is, continues to get a lot more attention than the NHL franchise does. So, I'll give you some thoughts. I'm hoping that this game is actually going to be really fun. I think that there's certainly some good opportunities for good online play. I'd like to see how HUT shapes up over this uh, coming year, I guess. I'm not really into HUT as much. I've played a lot of Ultimate Team in FIFA, but less so on, on NHL. The NHL franchise kind of lost my attention over the past couple of years. FIFA ended up reclaiming it, but... In the meantime, you know, I've played a couple of games of NHL here and there, mostly casual stuff. This will be like the longest I've sat around and actually played it, so I'm kind of looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to having you folks help us with our Be a GM uh, franchise mode, and we'll see if we can actually take a team to Stanley Cup glory. I'm going to guess no. Uh, I'm sure our decisions are going to go, you know, pear-shaped, and we're all going to have a really bad team. But we're all going to really enjoy it, and I think it's going to be a fun time. I'm looking forward to it, and I'd love your feedback on any ideas you have for what you want to do with the series. Maybe you want my team to start off having to go through the expansion draft process where we have to protect certain players and hope that Seattle doesn't take them, or we go with the rosters as they are and try and shape this uh, the future of this current franchise that we're using. Let me know how you want to shape the series at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For now, though, it is time to pivot back to the real world of hockey, and we're going to take a look at one of the biggest free agent contracts on the market that just got signed today and talk about what it means for the, the broader defender market. I think it's been a very interesting offseason. Defensemen have gotten paid significantly more than I expected, and it may signal something for the Jets long term about how they need to shape their blue line. Before we move on, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about why Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. Are you someone who loves protein bars? Are you tired of all of your favorite protein bars tasting like ash and dirt? Maybe you're ready for a change. And as a fellow protein bar appreciator, I can tell you that Built Bar is your best alternative. It's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar, with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. It comes in several delicious flavors like salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and so many other great flavors. 
Bilbar often releases very special limited edition, limited quantity flavors that once they're gone, they're gone for good. So stay tuned to their social media platforms and their website to make sure you never miss another flavor. As delicious as Built Bars are, they're even better for you, with most bars clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 17 to 18 grams of protein. Built Bars are perfect for every lifestyle, whether you're looking to maintain or lose weight. Placing your order couldn't be easier. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Place your order today for the best tasting protein bar on the market. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are taking a look at some more free agent transactions and honestly comparing it against what exactly has transpired before and what it might mean for the future. The big fish, of course, is Charlie McAvoy signing for eight years at $76 million with the Bruins. McAvoy is making about $9.5 million per season, which is among the highest paid defensemen in the entire NHL. And this year, I think more than any other year, we saw defenders getting paid out the wazoo like crazy. It was just, I, I've never seen a class of free agent D that have been getting monster contracts like all of them got this year. And the question naturally becomes, well, you know, were they all worth it? And the answer by and large is no. Most of the defenders that were signed for such large sums of money don't really come close to justifying their contract. Darnell Nurse is one of those guys who I think is a very good player and he brings a ton of offensive value, but when it comes to defensive work and stuff inside the D zone and neutral zone, you know, Nurse unfortunately doesn't really assist with a lot of that. So all of the value that he provides is strictly in one end of the ice. And if you're paying, you know, eight plus million for a player like that, I don't really know if you're getting what you're asking for. You'd ideally like defenders of his nature to be more well-rounded and certainly capable of using his frame and his skill sets inside the defensive zone a lot more, cutting off passing and shooting lanes, using good defensive positioning to uh, nullify oncoming opportunities and stuff like that. He he does some of that, but not really anywhere near enough to uh, to really justify the kind of contract that he got. McAvoy, on the other hand, is actually more in line with what he's actually worth based on his performance on the ice. He is a big, dominant, high-end offensive D, although, you know, some people will say, well, he might be more of a systems guy, which it's entirely possible. McAvoy might be a product of really strong coaching from the Bruins, but I feel like based on some of the stuff that I, I got to see from college and certainly some of his highlights over the years, it doesn't seem like McAvoy is the kind of guy who would fail to thrive elsewhere. He's got all of the tool sets and skills to be a really top ND. Despite all of that, I kind of look at the contract and ask myself, would I really consider it worth it? And I think overall, I, I kind of come to the conclusion that no, nine and a half million tied into one defender is a lot of cash for a position that isn't considered one of your primary scoring places, right? This is a, a guy who definitely contributes a ton of offense, but in terms of a lot of high-end elite scoring, he doesn't really touch those numbers. And so when you're trying to gauge how much you should actually pay somebody, sure, the underlying metrics might paint him as like somebody who's like a, a, a top 10 kind of player, right? McAvoy really did have a shot at the Norris last year. He's been one of the most dominant top pairing D for a couple of years now. And obviously this contract was never going to be cheap, but I look at the scoring records and what he contributes on the ice and I still wonder if he's maybe making a little more than expected. Of course, expectations kind of got thrown out the window once Seth Jones and Darnell Nurse signed their new extensions, and honestly, a lot of the defenders have been getting paid a ton of money. Even, like, super veteran guys are making, like, four to five million. So there's a decent chance that McAvoy could have gotten even more in free agency, which I don't know that I would have done that, but he's certainly a very top-end D 
and one of the rarer types out there. All of this kind of reminds me of a big question that I have with the Jets, and it's, it's where a, a number 1D is going to come from. I think Winnipeg has often survived by not really having a top ND ever since Bufflin left. The Jets this year have a blue line that's more akin to something like Pittsburgh that's made for fast transition, uh, you know, decent offensive contributions, and a style of defense more through offense than anything, which in some cases works well if you have a really aggressive press that can hem a lot of opposing teams inside their own zone and shut down movement through the neutral zone, but if you're not really capable of, of maintaining your assignments and keeping that energy level up, it's a lot harder for your blue line core to keep up. It's been clear over the years that the Jets just don't have like a top-end number one pairing. Bufflin used to devour matchups like they were nothing, especially later in his career when he was changing more from an offense-first blue liner to somebody who just shut everything down in front of the net. There's no doubting that Bufflin had a career that could have rivaled some Hall of Fame defenders, but obviously the Jets don't have anyone like that nowadays, and the only player that might uh, approach anything resembling a top-pairing D is probably somebody like Vili Heinola, and I don't know if Heinola is ever going to reach it if he continues to get buried in the minors. The positive spin is that Vili is very young and still has plenty of room to grow, especially defensively. I think that part of his game is still something that needs a decent amount of work, I know at the NHL level his defensive work is kind of sketchy, especially when it comes to man marking, looking at his routes, being physical in the corners. There's a lot that he has to improve upon, but that's sort of natural. Where he really starts to shine is when the puck is on his stick and he's able to create breakouts, offense, transition, and offensive zone sequences where he's chaperoning the, the point with his incredible vision, his good lateral skating, his, I, I would argue, deceptive skating, and really good hands. I mean, there's a lot to like with Billy's offensive package that could make him a candidate to eventually succeed Winnipeg's number one D spot as the top guy. It's just him reaching that point is kind of a long shot. I think he'll be really good, but being a truly elite number one franchise D, that's a very high mark to try and clear. He is the best Jets defender the, the Jets have drafted over the past several years, maybe even above Truba in terms of skill, but until he gets a shot to really prove himself, it's still just potential for now. Winnipeg isn't going to be able to recruit anyone in free agency, especially looking at some of these contract prices. Dougie Hamilton got paid, Seth Jones got paid, and now, you know, Charlie McAvoy is getting a huge raise, and McAvoy is probably one of the more deserving of the whole group, which for the Jets probably signals that for now they're just going to have to ride with what they have and continue to be more cost-effective with guys who are maybe under-the-radar value, like Dylan DeMello. DeMello, for me, is kind of like the ideal signing for a middle-pairing option where you can also ask him to be on your top pair if you really need it, but ideally he slots in on your second pairing. You make three pairings like that, and suddenly you have a fairly reliable decor that you can kind of flex out and try and mix and match. You don't have to worry as much about sheltering players. You can kind of let the D do their thing and activate with regularity. Even if there's no number one franchise blue liner, at least you have three pairings that you can kind of run about evenly. If possible, I think the Jets should probably just sit any sort of free agency periods out when it comes to like top ND. Winnipeg always signs guys who, for me, are a little bit more on the fringy side of quality, but the current acquisitions have been a lot more positive in terms of guys that they've traded for and stuff. So, you know, if the Jets continue to ride this blue line unit, it's not the end of the world, but this is exactly where Vili Heinola can be a real difference maker if he's given the shot. Let me know your thoughts on Winnipeg's defender situation and how this, this contract madness might play into Winnipeg eventually getting a top ND of its own. Be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. Closing us out tonight, I thought it'd be prudent to take a look at Winnipeg's upcoming game against the uh, the San Jose Sharks, which is tomorrow night. We'll dive into the Sharks in just a moment, but before then, I wanted to tell you a little bit about winning with BetOnline.ag. 
We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Into another sport? No problem. BetOnline has your back with European football, soccer, NASCAR, MLS, MLB, NBA, every kind of sport imaginable is at your fingertips. Go to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From all your favorite sports right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the safest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action, so start your winning path today. Sign up for a free account at betonline.ag and don't forget promo code LOCKEDON at registration. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are uh, once again taking a look at the Jets as they start to line up for tomorrow's game against the San Jose Sharks. Obviously, the first game of the season didn't exactly go according to plan. Against a very weak duck side, the Jets kind of, well, they crapped the bed a little bit. I don't think the Jets were super, super terrible, but they had a couple of key weaknesses. Um, I will say that the special teams were super, super terrible. That, That one, there's no really getting around. Um, The Jets' special teams were just, well, they were kind of a disaster. But looking at this this upcoming game against the Sharks, I think Winnipeg has a pretty good opportunity to rebound, but it'll still take time for the Jets to start to gel and get used to their more aggressive identity. Against the Sharks, they're going to have to be really careful. This team, I know, is still going through a rebuild, but I'm looking at their lineups right now, and there's a lot of really interesting young talent. William Eklund is in the lineup. They've also got Jonathan Dolan, who has finally started to uh, make his overseas progress, I would say. I know that he was in Osvenskon for a couple of years. Now he's come back to the U.S. Could be a really good chance for him to seize a, a roster spot this year. They've also got Rudolf Spousers, who came in from the Sens. And then, of course, they still have Couture, Hurdle, Timo Meyer, um, Nick Benino, and, and Kevin LeBlanc. So this is a pretty decent team. And even their defense is not terrible. Uh, I would say it's it's probably something similar to what the Jets have, just, of course, more Eric Carlson-y, which is obviously a big difference. And in net, they have Aiden Hill and James Reimer. So this team kind of looks very middle of the pack, I would say. Uh, their, their depth forwards are a little bit questionable in certain areas, but overall the roster has pretty decent balance, and I think it's going to be a tough one for the Jets. It does sound like Cole Perfetti will be playing another game tomorrow, which should be fun. I'm looking forward to his second NHL game. His first one I thought was pretty decent whenever he was on the ice, just uh, didn't get all that many opportunities. I don't know if Mark Scheifele will be in. I would expect that he is at some point, and I'm sure that announcement would be him on the first line again between Kyle Connor and Blake Wheeler. I don't really care for that combo, but, you know, begging for a change at this point is pretty silly and useless, so... I'm just kind of riding the wave and hoping that the other lines kind of pull their their weight and really have big games. I thought Dubois' line was pretty decent. Uh, The third line had some decent jam. The fourth line was okay. But this team will need a major performance and a really big rebound, especially on the uh, the penalty kill and stuff against San Jose. If the Sharks start getting power plays, the Jets are going to get buried quickly. I think the biggest thing that they need to work on is being more aggressive in space uh, because they, they kind of gave Hellebuck a lot of screened routes where... They they afforded um, Anaheim shooters way too much space and time to start looking for deflections and tips or just to pick corners. 
Hellebuck needed to be better, but by the same token, I don't think the defense did him all that many favors. It'd also be great if the power play formations weren't super strange. You know, you can try stuff early in the season, but don't get too weird. You know, Blake Wheeler's not really going to be taking one-timers. Christian Veselainen, not really a net front presence. You know, look for Pierre-Luc Dubois to be that kind of guy. He's not a one-time guy either along the face-off circles. You need to get him down low where he can be his most dangerous. Sometimes I think Winnipeg is very much guilty of overthinking uh, certain line combos and stuff. Like, they come up with these, like, really galaxy brain ideas, and it's more like, keep it simple. You know, if you know something works, unless you really have to change it, don't try to fix it. Could say that about a lot of things with Winnipeg, but I'll try and limit my uh, kvetching for now. I'd be curious to know what you think of these lineup matchups and stuff and, and what you think the Jets might do tomorrow against San Jose. Be sure to let me know at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's podcast, though, that is going to do it. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. As always, thank you so much for your support. Have a great one, and go Jets go.